What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Chuck is what he says in this movie, and uh, it's the worst fucking movie that they've ever made with Chucky. So, jury's out. But I picked it. Child's wait, 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 wait. Three. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rats in Paris is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> is this supposed to Rugrats go wild? You, you know how much ire you're going to get on the group when they listen to the first minute, 30 seconds of this, and you say it's the worst one in the series? People are going to be like, Cedar Chucky! Cedar Chucky's great, dude. Yeah, I have a blast watching Cedar Chucky. I don't have an opinion. I don't have a dog in the fight. Why do I care about what people think about me? I'm the guy with the bias poll. So. <laughs> that joke is going to be so old by oh, the time. Oh, it's super dated when this comes out, but I don't care. I'm calling you out, Brian. Yeah. But yeah, so Charles play- So wait, do you guys disagree or just think that the listeners will disagree? I haven't seen Charles. I've never seen Seed of Chucky, so I don't know. But um, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't watch much of it. See, what I like <laughs> about Child's Play 3 is the cameo with John Waters in it. And that's where it gets... Wait, what? you're talking about Cedar Chucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's why it's a better movie. <laughs> yeah, Cedar Chucky, John Waters plays a paparazzi photographer, which is like a perfect casting. <laughs> oh, man. that's that's That scene alone makes it a better movie. What, do you want me to draw you a picture? Can you? Someone get this girl a pencil! <laughs> <laughs> so here's the here's something that I learned 
when I was doing a little bit of research on Child's Play 3, and it explains a whole lot of what went wrong with this movie. So, first off, this is both Don Mancini and Brad Dorff's least favorite in the entire franchise. This movie came out eight months after Child's Play 2 came out. Oh, how? So Universal already decided they were going to rush a sequel and told Don Mancini he had like a month to write the script and get it into production while they were doing post-production on Child's Play 2. Holy shit. And he said, like, I was completely, like, I had put everything into Child's Play 2, and now all of a sudden I have to come up with a whole nother angle, and he's like, I I failed. He's like, I absolutely failed on, on doing that. And I kind of agree. It does, like, this is a movie that when you watch it, it feels like, okay, we're rushing, we're throwing shit on a wall, because, like, one of the thoughts that went through my head is early on in this movie, so they build a new Chucky body from scratch. And that becomes an important aspect of the movie because now that Chucky has a new body, he doesn't have to put his soul into Andy because the rules were whoever the first person he he reveals his secret to is who he's able to possess. What sucks is that Chucky doesn't realize this until he's shipped to a military base and tells this to like this random kid who I the dumbest fucking child. I cannot figure out this kid's age because he looks like he could maybe be like 12 or 13, but he certainly acts like he's about seven or eight. So like, I'm, I'm very like thrown off by that. But when I was watching this movie, this thought came through my head, which was, man, wouldn't it have been kind of cool if he revealed himself to like the president of this toy company and just successfully took over that dude's body and then just started manufacturing a shit ton of killer dolls and just ship it like just kind of going in a whole different direction with the thing, which apparently was not the original intention. But the in in the cult of Chucky, they introduced the concept of him hive mind possessing a bunch of dolls. And that originated when he was writing the Child's Play 3 script. But they were told that they didn't have the budget to do that, where he wanted mm. like different parts of him to be put in different dolls when they were building the new dolls so that he had control of, over all these different dolls at once. I actually thought that was what was going to happen because they melted him down. Yeah. So his essence and his also that's not a good guy at the beginning of that of this movie. It is a jelly donut. That is my <laughs> first note and also my last note. Uh, no, I, I, and I don't mean that as I have no notes. I mean that as their book ended. Yeah. Literally Chucky in this movie is full of strawberry jam. <laughs> so full of strawberry jam. It would make so much more sense if he gets melted down, his essence and blood, because the in Child's Play 2, he's been in the body for so long that he now is like bleeding and can be damaged. So I, I, what I don't understand is why that wasn't, I don't know, it just seems like that could have been such a, an easy thing is to say like, you don't even have to show it. You can just put it in the, the script as like, that's his nefarious plan. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, my essence is in all of these, all of this plastic for this first run of Chucky dolls or, or good guy dolls. And I also thought that it was going to happen because the the two were talking at each other in the um, CEO's. Oh, yeah, in the office. And then he popped up behind him. So th- yeah. there's more than one. And I was like, no. So about that CEO's death, because that's the first death in this movie. And I like it's another one of those things where it's like, I like the concept of it. 
I like the concept of this toy manufacturer CEO basically being murdered by a series of toys. Like, like that all of the toys are being utilized in his death. But then it's just like, and then he just beats him to death with a golf club. And you're like, well, well then. (laughs) And strangles him. Yeah, that's true. How the fuck is Charles Lee Ray in a little rubber body able to strangle a full grown man? Although that guy is old as shit. I I imagine it's Ant-Man logic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like that's that's always going to be the issue with Chucky. Same thing with like children movies, like Children of the Corn and stuff like that. It's like, I'm just going to kick you in the face. You know what I mean? Like you don't children and dolls don't scare me. I will kick them. Um, I kick them for fun. I will kick them for safety. And you can mark my words. <laughs> you and Bacon are just like all about that child abuse. So the plot line of this movie is so Chucky ships himself to the military school that Andy has enlisted himself in because he's been unsuccessful at living in different foster homes. So how many years is this supposed to be? I missed that. Eight. It's eight years since the last movie. It's not the same character playing Andy? No, no, no. It's a different actor who for a split second I thought was the kid from Boy Meets World and Step by Step who was like the voice of Binks in Hocus Pocus. Oh my God. And then I got a closer look at him. I'm like, oh no, that's not who that is. And I do have a question. Uh, this is for the listeners. If if I if there's any listeners that were in the service at any point in time or went to a boot camp, is this trope in movies? Because this isn't the only movie. Do the guys that cut your hair ha- always have this weird sadistic fetish about cutting your hair? Oh, you I, mean when I wrote the two words haircut orgasm? Yeah. When he's, when he's cutting someone's hair and he's just like, yeah. He's cutting the little, he's cutting Tyler's hair. Yeah. And he's yeah. like all about, that's Kirsty's dad. Yeah. That's Larry. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's Larry from Larry the Cotton. original Hellraiser. I was really excited because I thought that that was Big Daddy from People Under the Stairs or whatever his <laughs> character is. And I was like, no, 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 other dad. Yeah, other other big daddy. That that same scene. So he's he's there and he's shaving the head and he's making that, ooh, yeah, noises. And then he like throws Andy in the seat and he's like, I'm going to shave off your hair too and it's going to be glorious. And while Andy's sitting in that chair, the good guy toy commercial comes on and Andy's terrified, but Taylor's like, oh, wow. And I wrote this note that I'm going to read for verbatim. That kid seems a little too old to be so excited by a doll. Wrote the man sitting in a basement surrounded by toys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you'll accept it. That kid is so weird. Like, that kid makes me live. He's he's playing a game gear, dude. He's (laughs) literally playing a fucking Sega game gear. I have, I mean, if it's not, maybe it's the Sega, the game gear might have been the second round of their handheld from Sega. But I mean, because it didn't look exactly like my Game Gear from the like split second that you see it. But I was like, that looks like a Game Gear, bro. My favorite thing about this kid, Tyler, is that like, again, I I think that the actor is older than the character that they wrote, because like there's scenes where he says something like Chucky says, like, fuck or shit. And he just goes, don't swear, Charles. And And he's like, stop calling me Charles. Yeah. And it's like such a reoccurring thing. But it's like, I understand. Like, Brian and I's niece gets very awkward about cursing still. And she's in middle school. But this is a kid who grew up on military bases. (laughs) If this kid's not used to hearing people yell fucking shit and all types of 
awful, awful things. Because as someone who is in ROTC for the first year of high school, I can tell you they are foul mouth people. He is in no position to be telling a doll to stop cursing. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you were in Rotsy. Well, I, I, I was about to oh. say, like, the thing that really is kind of twisting my brain into mush right now is imagining Matt Kelly in formation. So funny story about me being in formation. You want to hear the story about the first time I passed down? <laughs> uh, yes. I was in formation. My legs locked and they cut the blood flow and I just passed out on the pavement and outside of the school. Oh, that's my biggest fear right now. That's what I've been told left and right, that standing up on an altar, you have to keep bending your leg or else you'll pass out. Yeah, dude, that was my fucking fear when we got married, too. Okay, <laughs> so here's a question for you. Are you guys doing, like, a church wedding? No. We're we're getting married by a friend's dad who's a pastor, but, like, our biggest thing is, like, I've been to a, quite a few weddings that like i know so like we want our service to be like 15 minutes yep that's because nobody really cares you know what i yeah. mean nobody cares the worst was and and like i love them they're two of my best friends don't use but, last names i won't but my two friends got married in uh his family's like greek orthodox church oh and my god greek orthodox is so long it makes it's Catholic it's like an mass. hour and a half yeah, it's Catholic so Mass long. is an hour, and then Greek Orthodox. We actually shot a wedding at a Greek, doing uh, a Greek Orthodox wedding. I guess that was last year, and my God, it was my first and last, and it was actually our last wedding that we ever shot, and it was like you couldn't have gone out on a more excruciating note because you want to look busy, you know, and that's the great thing about like a 15 minute ceremony is that you are snapping pics for 15 minutes and that gives you a lot of content. If you are snapping pics for an hour and a half, do you know how much work my wife has to do to like pick through the 5,000 pictures we took and oh, no I'm one sure. gives a fuck. You're just standing on an altar. Yeah. But yeah. I was in ROTC. So back before we get back to your ROTC, Brian, just make sure that your like your blood sugar's up. But not, but don't drink a bunch of caffeine that day. I am, but I'm also not. I, I need to have my caffeine. But what I figured I'm going to do is I'm going to get, a, there's red line. It's a really strong caffeine drink, but it's clear. I'm going to put that in a little flask, keep it in my pocket. And then I'm just going to do little hits. So I'm not chugging a bunch of caffeine before I go. And I can just gradually stay awake throughout this entire process. I mean, that's a good idea, but also maybe don't put in a flask because you don't want people to think that you have fallen off the wagon. Oh, I think that's part of the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you put it Oh, you know those like little, the travel size little spray bottles? Put it in that and just, just shoot in your mouth like- Listerine? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, like from Happy Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can dive back into Child's Play 3. I don't really have a ton of ROTC stories. I was very bad at it. When you join ROTC as a freshman, they would like promote you throughout the year. So you all started as private and then like eventually they would move you to private first class. And then as you continue to do more and more events with the ROTC, you would keep raising. And like my teacher for the ROTC class was just a senior who had been like elevated to like, oh, he's like drill sergeant level. So like he gets to teach this class while like the two actual teachers just like hung out in their office the whole time. It was fucking wacky. And most of the kids who were in Razi were fucking wacky. But like literally by, I don't know, November, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Like I just realized like I, I made a huge mistake. My The main appeal was I suck at learning languages and I had to take language or Razi. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just take Razi. That seems like a really weird ultimatum. 
Yeah, one or the other. Very much so. So I was like, yeah, I'll do Razi. That'll be fine. And like, that's when I also realized that my head is like super weird shaped because it, you know, it was shaved all the time. But that actually is, uh, sorry, I can't wrap my head around this. If you decide that you're going to go to the military, which will probably require you to go to a different country at some point in your life, we don't think it's important that you learn that language. So we're going to let you, we're going to let you slide, you know? But, but if you want to the, be an electric, electrician, you better brush up on your French. <laughs> <laughs> so what ended up happening was like in October, we did an overnight weekend trip, which is the one that that was when I got to be at Camp Crystal Lake. We, we did an overnight at the actual camp in New Jersey that they shot the first Friday the 13th. Which was cool. And that was kind of one of the main reasons why I signed up to go. Was I was like, ooh, sightseeing. <laughs> but that was like anybody who went on that trip got promoted up to private first class. So signed up for ROTC in September, got to private first class in October. By June, when I decided I was done with ROTC and leaving school, high school, I was still a private first class because I never did another <laughs> ROTC event beyond that. I just showed up and I told them, I was like, look, I'm going to finish out the year because like, obviously I have to, but I'm not doing anything else. And they're like, okay, we understand. Just show up for your class, like do what you need to do, but we're not going to like, you're going to get an A and we'll just let you leave. I was like, all right, cool. Thank you. So I, I, I don't know. I, I was discharged from the Sun Valley. Rutsy. Was it honorably? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was honorably or not, but it was definitely filled with shame. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of head shaking. So De Silva, because everybody goes by their last names in 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 at uh, at army camp apparently. I mean army school. That's Marissa from old school. So like I'm looking at her, and when she was fucking 14, she looks the exact same as she did when as she did like in old school when she was probably what like you know 35, which is very yeah. off putting for me. So as I'm looking at her, I'm like. Look at the wife, judging, judging. Look at the baby, look at the baby. <laughs> so we were at uh, Outback, which was lovely. And uh, I couldn't help but wonder what kind of panties the waitress was wearing. Probably whitey tidies, But what if it wasn't? <laughs> I just realized I, that I was going to be looking at the same pair of underpants. Uh, <laughs> the my life. And then they're just like looking at him horrified. And he's like, I thought we were in the trust tree. <laughs> I got to rewatch old school. It's been forever. <laughs> oh, man. The one thing I will say is that I did have a lot of ROTC flashbacks watching this. Like, specifically when they were marching to, like, do their war games thing. And they were doing that, like, <laughs> like, we had to, when we did that camping trip at Camp Crystal Lake, it was, like, maybe, like, a mile and a half to two mile walks to everything. And that's like how we got from place to place for the entire weekend, which, you know, me, I was like, this is horrible. (laughs) But you got to sing. Yeah. But not like I didn't get to belt. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't into it when they're like, Matt, take over. And I was like, do you believe in life after love? (laughs) After love, after love. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's good times. Anyway, back to child's play three. I I have a question for you. Do you Mm. think that, at military school, they're going to let De Silva wear lipstick. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, like one hundred percent not. I mean, this movie plays fast and loose with a lot of that stuff. I feel like. Oh, oh, and also for another Matt Kelly pick, which shit do you like better, the one in Pick a Destiny or the one that Chucky does in Child's Play Three? <laughs> so it's it's definitely Pick of Destiny, 
But what trumps them both is Hot Rod shit as he tripped <laughs> over a log. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk about some of the deaths in this movie because they're all kind of lame. I'm glad that, <laughs> yes, thank you. Like the trash death, I, I think movies made me think that trash trucks did a lot more than they probably actually do. <laughs> Starting like, with Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, like it's just like, it's always like, just the most horrifying like torture device. And then like, I look at like a normal like trash truck and I'm like, I feel like it just compresses it and that's it. Like, I don't think that there's like a spinning wheel of spikes inside of there as well. Is there like, yeah, but do you want to get squished to death? No, not ideally, but you, I mean, I feel like that's enough. Like, Star Wars didn't... Well, I guess they added a monster <laughs> in there, but like... They're dying! But yeah, so like, they've got that death. Then there's the guy who dies from a heart attack that's almost as long as Paul Rubin's death in Buffy. Like, <laughs> Ooh, ah, uh. <laughs> like, like, it's like, that's ridiculous. Like, probably the the best deaths in this movie are like him slicing open the dude's throat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the geeky kid sacrificing himself on a grenade, which is like, which is the only death that I always remember in this movie. I, d I forget all of the other ways that people die, but I always remember the kid jumping on the live grenade. Before Captain America, first Avenger, we had Child's Play 3. Yeah. Is so that your double I, feature? Why'd you ruin your double feature? Uh, shit! Shit! <laughs> <laughs> so a couple things that I just am having a problem with here. First of all, in during their war games, they're up in the fucking snow and it's cold. And then they go literally to a carnival and it <laughs> must be summertime. No sense being made there. I know why Matt picked this because there's a dark ride. Yeah, no. And Brian called me out on it. So I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I know it. I shouldn't have called him out because he would have said it. Brian was up here for a week and uh, he was like, I forget what we had just reviewed, but you were like, I was shocked you didn't say this when we recorded this episode, but Fuck. like, I know for sure you're going to fucking say this during Child's Play 3. Oh, you're going to be like, <laughs> oh, Joel, so you're like, wouldn't it be cool if that was like an actual ride? <laughs> like, yeah, because I 100% he felt that. Remember that shitty walkthrough thing in Jaws 3 where like oh, the yeah. pop out at you? That is a Matt Kelly ride if I'd ever seen one. <laughs> And that is that is a Matt Kelly ride so much to the point that Scott, you don't know how family vacations are, but there's rides that Matt enjoys, and then there's rides where like we'll go on a trip, and it's like let's ride this ride that was fun. Now Matt's like, oh, I got to figure out how I can pencil that in one or two more times. And that's <laughs> mandatory fucking. Fun. And that's one of those. <laughs> it's one hundred percent. It's one hundred. Like I remember, I'm trying to remember what. Like, obviously, Disney's the big one because I'm like, well, we got to do the Haunted Mansion a couple times. We can't just do it once and call it a day. But no, I think the other thing that you need to know about me is if I'm anywhere and I see that there's a Ripley's Believe It or Not museum nearby, <laughs> I'm going. Like, I love just walking around weird wax museums Dude, like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. But we went to one. Did I, did I tell you that last summer when Megan and I went up to Hamilton, Ontario, we, we stopped at Niagara Falls and we went to the Ripley's there? It was a huge rip, dude. It sucks oh, so they bad. Are. They're all yeah. terrible, <laughs> but they they it's in the name. But they stuck Matt Kelly in every single beach that I go to. But I I keep forgetting who I'm talking to. Thank fuck you don't have. I'm gonna say this in the meanest possible way, but I don't mean it that way. It's so good that you don't have like legitimate financial responsibilities because 
<laughs> you have no way of stopping yourself from spending money on dumb shit like Ripley's Believe It or Not. And that's so that, that that's the funniest thing to me is like I've been looking at my finances lately because I've actually been doing a really good job of like saving. No, money like in, in real life, you. Yeah. Th- that's what I mean. Like I'm but, saying it in a mean way, but you but, also have no chill when it comes to like entertainment. But that's the thing. It's like I can be so financially responsible for like all types of shit. And then it's like, ooh, it's only $100 right now to buy the entire Tales from the Crypt series on Blu-ray? Well, I mean, I'd be stupid not to spend that $100. So, yeah, this is this is the dichotomy of Matt Kelly. Oh, man. So, ketchup sandwiches again today, but I got a $100 <laughs> DVD coming in the mail. Most recently, the most recent purchase like that was uh, when I saw that Vinegar Syndrome was putting out Dolly Dearest. And I was like, well, how could I not? And I... <laughs> Dude, why are you ruining your double feature? (laughs) Nice. But yeah, I love the convenience of that carnival in general. And this is the thing that I realized. I was trying to figure out why I ride so hard for Chucky. Like, if anything in that poll that we did a couple months ago has proven, it's like, I am like all in on Chucky. And I think it's because Chucky dies better than any other slasher. To me. Like, oh, absolutely. Like everyone else, it's like, oh, we're going to use like his knife. We're just going to shove Jason's machete inside of him and chain him to the bottom of the water. Or like Michael Myers is just like, oh, you know, we'll decapitate him or whatever. But like Chucky's like losing limbs and then attaching knives to those limbs or getting like half of his face sliced off and like being chopped to bits inside of a giant fan in the middle of a roller coaster and for that some it has to be some sort of health hazard to have that gigantic fan there 100 you think that that doll's the first time something fell out of that janky ass carnival roller coaster there's way too many dangerous things there's way too many <laughs> on the ride. no I, I think that that's a blanket statement for brian kelly in real life there are <laughs> yeah, way too many yeah. dangerous things well, i'm like, just gonna stay in my room did I, I think Brian watched this with me, but Scott, did you ever watch the very short-lived Clerks the Animated series? No, but you've talked about it before. So when I think of carnivals, I always think of the last episode of the Clerks Animated series is the best episode of that cartoon series. Because the concept is that the clerks are going to a Comic-Con convention, and when they get there, all of the fans are complaining that the cartoon is too outlandish and they wish it was just them hanging out and talking in the store like the clerks that they love. So they create this weird scenario where they're trapped inside the store, but the shutters won't open. So they have to work all night because there's a carnival across the street and there might be customers that come over from the carnival. So it's just like a really weird way of like they're staying with the clerk's concept of they're just in the store the whole time. But the one line is Randall's convinced that carnival rides are unsafe and he doesn't want the the Ferris wheel to break off of its track and hit the store. (laughs) And he's like... He goes, those rides are all built by junkies and speed freaks. And he's like, that's just a terrible generalization. And then like these two junkies walk in (laughs) and they're like, hello, do you have any band-aids or rubber bands? We're trying to build a -a tilt-a-whirl across the street. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I think of carnivals now, that's like the, I look at them, I'm like, oh, that's built by some band-aids and rubber bands. (laughs) Like it's just trash. That's my role, man. That's always my role. (laughs) 
is was this put up in a few hours? I'm not getting on it. I only get on rides that are old. I guess there. we don't really think about that. Traveling carnivals, it's like, well, we built this in about two hours, so we're pretty sure it's safe for people to get on. Yeah. We tested it with a mannequin and its head didn't come off, so we're pretty sure the Gravitron is safe for humans now. <laughs> that that also makes me think of one of my favorite little snippets from Reno 911. And it's when they have to get job different jobs and the one guy it becomes a carny and he's just like getting drunk doing the tilt whirl and he goes mustache rides five cents and he like throws his beer can <laughs> oh god what a show i'm glad it's coming back <laughs> yeah but it's coming back on qb which is not <laughs> and those are 10 minute episodes i mean i guess we shouldn't complain it's still fresh content right it's funny because uh i saw someone share this the, the creator of QB did an interview where he said that coronavirus has really ruined their platform's launch plans. Like, he's like, it really affected our ability to have a successful launch. And someone was like, yes, people being stuck inside, starved for content is what's hurting your app from people wanting to watch content. Yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, the problem is that you can only watch it on your phone, which I think is stupid. Like, I get that it's these short five, ten minute things, but like, get a fucking app where people can download it onto their Apple TV. Like, I don't want to watch, if I want to binge all the episodes of Reno 911, I don't want to do it laying in my bed on my phone. Like, that's not the ideal circumstance for me. I want it projected on a TV where I'm doing a bunch of other things and not paying attention the way I watch most things. Well, <laughs> Apple TV is irrelevant. I guess you're thinking Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, any, any... TV, I could just cast my phone to. Yeah, that, I was going to say the same thing. I was like, yeah. you can do that right yeah, now. I'm thinking of Fire Sticks then, yeah. My Amazon Fire Stick. Anything else that anyone wants to say about Child's Play 3? My book-ended comment that <laughs> that is not a Chucky doll, that is a jelly donut. Mm-hmm. And what I said in the chat, just my final thing is this is definitely an awful child's play film, but it is far from the worst third in any <laughs> part franchise. Well, so that's something that I, I think that we need to unpack here. Like, what do you think is a worse third? Like, I OK, Extreme. so. Oh, well, yeah, that I, de- that I defended. <laughs> uh, yeah. So was, wasn't Brett on that episode? Yeah. So what else? Like what? Because like some people might be like, oh, Hellraiser, Hell on Earth. And I'm like, no, Hellraiser, Hell on Earth is fucking fun. But like, I... that's the problem that I had with this movie is that it's just not like a whole lot of fun. It's not a it's really not that bad of a movie. It's not like unpalatable. It's just not very interesting. And I think it moves quicker than I was willing to give it credit for because like there was a point where I was like, oh God, is this almost over? And then I like hit the button. I was like, oh, it is. It is almost over. Yeah, like there's only 20 minutes left. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is fine. We're going to go to the carnival and that's when this gets good anyway. So like, I got this. I don't think that Friday the 13th 3 is very good. I don't think that Leatherface is very good. Oh yeah, Leatherface is pretty stupid. That's um, what I mean. Like taking Nightmare taking specifically, is good. yeah, I was gonna say take Nightmare on Elm Street three off the table. Most part threes in franchises are not like I, I feel like there's more part fours that I think are better than part threes a lot of the time. That's pro- well, yeah, Scream. I guess they have. Yeah, Scream, Scream is fucking Friday, awesome. Friday the Thirteenth four, the final chapter is way better than Friday the Thirteenth three D. Halloween three is good. Halloween three is good. Actually. But that almost like doesn't that almost like doesn't count because yeah, it's, I would, it's, I would it's like another argue, movie. <laughs> I would argue that Halloween three and four kind of fit the mold and don't fit the mold because yeah. I think Halloween four is as good as Halloween, but 
I can't say that it's better than Halloween 3 because they're completely different films. Yeah. yeah. I will watch Halloween and Halloween 4 every October for the rest of my fucking life, mm-hmm. but I won't be watching Halloween 3 every Halloween every October for the rest of my life. It's probably like an every other year, every third year kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what's another? You know what's a part 3 that's really great? Puppet Master. Yeah, Puppet Master 3 is fucking great. It's got Nazis in it. It's good, yeah. But that that also can't I don't know. Like those movies are uh, we like them. You know, <laughs> they're not good. None of them are good. But what is a good movie? Are we talking about critical acclaim? Because fuck that. We're horror movie night. Is it like entertaining? Then yes, it's like, OK, I think so, that entertainment value is so much more important than some critic being like stroking his dick and being like, well, mm, this is really good. here's here's one to throw out there because Brian, we figured out Brian had watched this for the Jersey Ghouls. And the other part three that he watched was Sleepaway Camp Camp. 3. And I think that Child's Play 3 is better than Sleepaway Camp 3. And that's from someone who adores Sleepaway Camp and Sleepaway Camp 2. Yeah, but Sleepaway Camp 3 is... I didn't see the second one. So I'm strictly based on the first and third. Yeah, one and two are pretty much untouchably good, in my opinion. Like, I, I, I will never... I have nothing bad to say about the first two Sleepaway Camps. Sleepaway Camp 3 is fun and stupid, but it also yeah. is just too much. Like it's I'm, not something that I, I rewatch very often. I and, might sit down and rewatch part two today because that's like what seventy five minutes. It's such a short watch, dude. And, I think it's just, you got to wait until the weather. Well, I mean, I mean, wait until the weather, the weather in normal times is a little bit warmer because you, it's got to be summer camp, bro. That's true. Yeah. See, we horror movies are so hard to movie. like stack. You know what I mean? Because there's so many factors in it. The only I true way like, to do it is to post a Facebook poll every yeah. year. <laughs> we, should, we should, we should, we should do. We should do a part one three time. one. Yeah, I, we, I think, we really should because, yeah, like, Leatherface isn't great, but also I put it as a better movie sometimes for some for a reason I shouldn't. But like, Child's Play had good movies after Child's Play three. I am a firm believer that, like, for me, three is the last watchable Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. You're not wrong. Everything yeah. is just an awful decline. So it's like, yeah. uh, three's not great, but it's also way better than everything after. Friday the 13th has better movies following it. Let's just do a poll because we'll, yeah. we'll actually make this episode too long if we try to dissect yeah. it on our own. 100%. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're here to entertain you we'll sing your song hey there 
Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. All right, so double features. This is going to sound completely absurd. You would think, like Scott called me out. No, it's not Dolly Dearest. For some reason, while I was watching this movie, with all the military crap that was happening, specifically with the, the asshole kid, I was like, man, I really want to watch Animal House. <laughs> now that is a weird double. So Animal House is my double feature. Okay. That is a weird fucking double feature. Is that a pledge pin on your uniform? Scott, you can go because I'm going a lazy route. Well, so I was going to go the lazy route too, but then Matt's like showing us up and we got to bring it because I was just going to say demonic toys. But then again, like... I, I think I want something that I'd really enjoy after watching Child's Play 3. So, you know, if, if we're talking Tiny Terrors, what, what I don't know what I'm going to go with. Maybe I go with, you know what? Fuck it. For some reason, as soon as I said Tiny Terrors, I was thinking The Kindred. And any excuse to rewatch Kindred, The Kindred is a good enough reason for me. And so I would start with Child's Play 3 and then I would watch The Kindred just because it just seems like you know, somebody who hates being in the body he's in. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to break the rules that we set in the beginning. What rules? And I'll, and I'll explain why I'm, I'm double featuring this with Bride of Chucky. And I know that we are like, Oh, don't do like the sequels, but it, it's wait, when, when did we ever say that? We've, we've only said that occasionally. And I feel like it's just this unwritten, like, don't just be like, eh, we watched Freddy's Dead, but I would rather watch Nightmare on Elm Street because it's like, oh, that's a little unimaginative. But yeah. I'll, I'll let it slide because I feel like Bride of Chucky is such a wildly different tone than where this leaves off. And, and and if I'm being honest, I just couldn't, if I was ever, I don't know why I would be like Child's Play 3 during a double feature, but if I <laughs> ever was going to do that, I would 100% follow it up with Bride of Chucky. No questions asked. Like it, well, because Bride of Chucky picks up like right where this left off. Like I think yeah. Bride of Chucky is supposed to take place like two months after Child's Play three, and that's the best thing we got out of Child's Play three is we got him going through the fans. So now he's got that cool diced up fucking look for two movies. Oh, that's uh, because you know. So um, I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but I I had never seen Child's Play three until watching it for this show for this episode. But I did see Bride of Chucky in like what? When did that movie come out? Ninety nine. Yeah, something like that. 98, I, 99. Yeah, I, I watched it right when it came out on VHS. And I remember being like, not I I didn't know why his face was all chopped up. I actually don't think I'd seen any of the child's play before I watched Bride of Chucky. And so is that the reason why he's all diced up in that movie? Yeah. yeah. All right. She gets the doll as they had found it all chopped up and she sews them back together. I think it's part of like the weird like credits intro. I don't know. It's been so long. Since yeah, it's during crazy. Living Dead Girl. Yeah. Living Dead Girls playing while she does it. <laughs> of course it is. That's the thing where I've always argued. Like, Chucky has a very weird, consistent logic of like, well, this leads to this, leads to this. Well, it's because Don Mancini's been connected to it for the entirety of the, well, yeah. until mm -hmm. the remake. Until the remake, he's written every single one of them. So it's like, that helps. That I don't care what anyone says, that helps. As far as things that I watched that I highly recommend, I'll try to keep this short. 
but I gave The Platform a watch this week. It's a Netflix movie. It played at Fantastic Fest. I know Katie loved it. It's weird. I liked it, but I actually think that like a feature film is the worst medium for the story to be told. Like I, I would have loved this story as a comic book. I would have loved this story as a novel. I would have loved this story as a TV series. But the problem is that the movie is 90 minutes long and you're supposed to be following this character over a four month period of them locked in this weird building. And every month they move him to a different floor and he has a different roommate. So the problem with that is when you're trying to tell four months in 90 minutes, it means that every 20 minutes there's a new character that's being introduced and you're just supposed to forget about a previous character. It's just happening a little too fast. Whereas like if it was in a book or if it was in a TV show, you could really stretch out and flesh out those months. I think it would be even more captivating, but it's a really weird concept of basically a prison hierarchy where they don't know how many floors it is, but it's, I think they established early on that it's at least 250 floors of these single buildings with just two beds, two people, and a giant hole in the ground. And at the top of this building, on the first floor, a bunch of chefs make a smorgasbord of food for the day, and it goes down to each platform, and people eat what they want and leave what they don't, and that's the food for the day. So if you're on like the 200th or lower floor, there's a good chance you're just starving to death for the entire month that you're down there unless you figure out another way to survive. And there's no rhyme or reason to why you move to what floor each month. So it's just following this guy during his four months of confinement. But it's a really interesting, it's very Cube-esque. I would recommend watching it, but again, I, I think I would have loved to have seen it done in literally other any other medium than a film. Okay. Interesting. All right, Scott or Brian, what did you watch this week? Sure, I watched uh, Suspiria with my brother. Yeah, you did. Uh, it was uh, It was fun. It was fun. It now, was, this is uh, the original Suspiria. Yes, this is the original. So Jade was excited. She's been wanting to watch the remake. And I've also been wanting to watch the remake, but I don't want to watch remakes without watching originals. It's the weird thing in me that I just like. I like to know what, what the uh, foundation is prior you to You want to know watching. what the competition was? <laughs> yeah, you know? So it was fun. It was a. I, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I don't think that Argento knew what it was about. That's. I, it was funny because I'm watching it and I was like, Brian, you have you watched a lot of Italian horror films from like the 70s and 80s? And he was like, No. And I'm like, All right, well, I'll tell you this before we start. Uh, don't focus on plot. They're literally just made to look pretty. <laughs> That's like their primary focus. Yep, and they pretty they were. And so was Jessica Harper. Hubba hubba. Oh my God! Calm down, <laughs> Phantom. <laughs> All right, Scott, how about you? So keeping in the spirit of child's play, it, this was a complete coincidence, actually, but I wanted to talk about this specifically because it has love, death, and robots in it. Have you guys watched Love, Le Death, and Robots on Netflix yet? No. no. So it's not new. It's an anthology series that they did. I think there were like 13 or 14 episodes, and they're about 10 minutes long. It's, it's super, super digestible. It came up on a whim for me, I started watching Castlevania season three. I didn't even know that it came out. I started watching it and got bored after like one episode because I just couldn't give a shit because the first season was so good and the second season was so stupid. I binged all of Castlevania and I didn't even want to talk about it because I was like, this is so underwhelming to me when I watched the whole thing in one weekend. Yeah, like I it, 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 I, I can't stand the characters. I can't stand the, the voice actors and I can't stand the plot. And also it 
is too Symphony of the Night for me. And what I want to see is I want to see like Simon's Quest kind of shit, you know? Like I don't I don't give a fuck about the Super Nintendo version of Simon Belmont. I, and also like, yeah, he can be a drunk asshole all he wants, but like it's too quippy. Like I complained about it. I've, this is actually my third time complaining about Castlevania on the show, I think. But like for for one of my all time favorite Nintendo game series franchises, TV show is really just not for me. Uh, so I, I watched one episode, gave it a chance, and it was just fucking dumb. And because of watching that, Love, Death, and Robots came up, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember them suggesting this to me when it was new. And so I um, gave it. Oh, I watched the first episode, and I was immediately hooked. Uh, and it's all literally about love death and robots everything it's all sci-fi and some of it is a little bit horror um one there there is one episode that is kind of straight horror to me and so it doesn't really fit in fit in with the concept everything else is very cyberpunk or you know very sci-fi and it's really cool but the and it's really cool because everything is animated in some way so there are episodes that are straight cartoon. There are ones that are CGI cartoon kind of, and, there, and then there's some that look like they were mo-capped and they're, they're beautiful. They look like Final Fantasy Spirit Within or you know what I'm talking about? Like those, the the that style of CGI. And then they also have one that was really cool that was a, um, a visual style, very reminiscent of uh, Scanner Darkly. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to a Scanner Darkly. So uh, it's a really cool show. There are like more standout episodes than not. I think that there are only two episodes that I didn't really love watching. And even if it's not something you love watching, you sit through it for 10 minutes and then it's over. And then you, it's like it's like popcorn entertainment. And I watched that with – I think I got through all of them in a couple hours. I just I just binged the whole thing. It's I, not my usual style, but so good. So fun. I highly recommend anybody that hasn't watched it to, to finally give it a shot, um, especially if you're looking for something very easily digested. All right. Well, interesting. that was Child's Play 3. We'll be back next week with some wild-ass 70s film that I've never heard of that Brian picked. So strap in, get prepared for that, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Horror Movie Night. listening to the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. 
We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 